Greetings. Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. Happy fall, everyone. Yes, yes. Happy it's fall, fall, y'all. It's officially fall, Yeah, y'all. officially fall, y'all. Today's. <laughs> Um, we are uh, celebrating the equinox today. Mm-hmm. We just got back from going to our local harvest festival. Yeah, it was really great. We got there early this time so we could get some like decent parking and see everything basically before uh, it was all picked through. Exactly, be the first one there. Yeah, we found some cool stuff. Shout out uh, to a really cool vendor there. Zar. Zar. <laughs> Rot Zar. <Rot> <laughs> Uh, they're called Let Us Get You Stoned. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. Um, she has some really good pieces. Mm-hmm. I you... myself bought an amethyst crown today. Like a headband. Yes. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I was already wearing my citrine headband that mm-hmm. I had got from them. And then I got some oracle cards today that were cool with Egyptian gods. Nice. Looking forward to cracking those open. You know me, I love me some Egyptian... Anything. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> and something else that was really fun and funny that happened this week. Uh, so it turns out in the last episode, we quoted um, a film review by Barry Worst. And then it turns out that some people listened to the episode in that know Barry Worst. <laughs> it's a small world. Him and his wife also do a podcast, and it's called So I Married a Film Critic. Um, so I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, we re- They reached out on Instagram. Uh, so yeah, whoever's listening to us, like, thanks for also like spreading the word around and everything. Um, just such a small world. Yes. Uh, so we just thought that was really cool. And then I went back and listened to exactly what I said and realized I was, I basically called him a dick and I'm glad that they took it in the jest that it was meant to be taken in. Yes. No offense, no offense. But after I listened to it again, I was a little embarrassed. (laughs) You're like, open mouth, insert foot. Right, but no. So I just thought that was really super cool. Also, just really surprised that, again, people are listening to us that are, like, outside of people we know. I always (laughs) assume it's just, like, our friends and family that are listening. (laughs) Yeah. So very cool. Uh, Thank you so much. Look forward to, uh, I will be quoting uh, Barry again for this one. Why not? I thought it would be a a a renaissance. uh, (laughs) Uh, Got to keep it in trend with the last um, episode then. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, It's September. It's still the Renaissance. Renaissance. (laughs) And uh, this will be the conclusion of it uh, because spooky season uh, will be arriving in October. Our favorite time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. I love it. It's almost time for me to rewatch Gilmore Girls. Oh, there you go. That's my autumn show. Um, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, uh, last year I tried, and then I realized how much I actually hate all of the characters <laughs> <laughs> this go around. They've and, endeared themselves to me. Uh, yeah, no, instead I'm like, you are now insufferable, and I hate you all. And if Stars Hollow were to catch in flames, I would not be distraught about it. <laughs> 
that's what I love the most is like what it looks like and like the fall and the leaves and the snow. Oh yeah, no, the like the ambiance. The ambiance. Ten out of ten. Yeah. People, two out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you gave me two. (laughs) There's a few redeeming characters. I just, yeah, I'm going to be doing definitely more, like, horror movies. I'm going to try to, I, I want to say, oh, I'm going to do the 31 Days of October. No, I'm, I already can I tell you it's not going to happen. I can't do that many <laughs> movies in a row just because I don't have enough time mm-hmm. in a day to commit to some time. I don't know. You know, at least an hour and a half. No, I can't do that daily. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what else you been up to? I went through on Hulu. It was called The 90s, The Deadliest Decade. Oh, and it have was, I watched that? It was like murder most foul. <laughs> it's like semi-famous cases, you know. I, I think I might have watched that. because it, like, it was all famous cases. had the OJ case. No, no, I don't think it had OJ. Okay, then that's not the one I watched. Could, right now I couldn't tell you what, what murder it had. You're like, I watched The Deadliest Decade. I don't remember what was so deadly about it. I really don't because I was like, fell asleep on the couch a couple times. Had to restart the episode. (laughs) One of those shows. Um, Also, I rewatched Friday. Oh, classic. Still just as funny as I remembered it being. Nice. Also, Ice Cube looks exactly the same. I know. He He has not aged or changed at all. He has always looked 35. <laughs> he looked 35 then. He looks 35 now. <laughs> like, he, I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it is impressive. Mm-hmm. He's like a fountain of youth. He really is. <laughs> and his like deadpan acting in it. Yeah. So funny. I mean, Chris Tucker was like a gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the whole movie is good. And all the supporting cast... But rewatching it, it's been a while now, and I was like, oh, I forgot how young everybody was. Yeah. How old we're all today. <laughs> and then still been watching Only Murders in the Building with Mom. Oh. And it's, I love it. Nice. And I we were discussing this last night. I actually enjoy Martin Short more than Steve Martin in this. Oh, yes. I love how we went from, oh my God, I used to hate Martin Short, mm-hmm. and how you're like, oh, he's tolerable in this. I like him. And now we've gone to, I like him more than Steve Martin in this. I do. Oh my. I know. I am shooketh. I never did I ever <laughs> thought I'd see this day. <laughs> I think it's just because of the characters they're playing. Yeah. Because Steve Martin's character is, like, supposed to be so much more, like, serious and and has, like, his little emotional kind of... It feels like Steve, or, um, Martin Short's character is almost um, more warm. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Steve Martin's character is colder and yeah. Martin Short is the warmer, like, of the two personalities. Mm-hmm. And that's just by first season. And he's just hilarious in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's so funny. Well, I'm glad you're liking it so much. I'm going to have to get back into it. Um, it's on Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it is. Again, it's one of those things where it's one of the apps on the smart TV and not the PlayStation. Oh, no. So, it goes in the forgotten territory. It goes in the... But... Shutter is also, I just have it on 
the TV. So I have been remembering more lately because nice. I've been actually using Shutter. Good for you. I know, right? I'm so proud of myself. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah, we've been um, continuing yet again our journey of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. I said I'm that fucking committed that it's like almost been everything I've been consuming Besides the movies that we do here, it's the movies that we do for the podcast are a rather nice break. I will say, like, I'm not saying I'm like, oh, I hate Dragon Ball Z. I'm just, it's been a lot now, and we are on the last rung. So, how many seasons are there? Um, what is it, three or four? I think that's it. Yeah, but there are a lot. Like, I'm on episode. I've watched over 200 episodes now. <laughs> So how many episodes per season? Like I don't know. 300? I don't even know. It was a lot. It was weird. And it's like old school too. You know, like it was in the 90s and stuff. So the seasons aren't like how our seasons were sometimes, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But either way, I've watched like well over 200 episodes now of Dragon Ball Z. We are getting towards the end. Um, we just got to this one big kind of semi-climactic point basically. And uh, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, I think, from now on. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'll see how it goes from there. Um, Andrew also, we got sick as hail last week, so we didn't do any kind of movie night. I mean, I think I just, I watched two movies by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we didn't do anything together. I watched The Reckoning on Shudder, as well as another one called The Long Night. Hmm. Um, that one was like supposed to be like folk horror kind of like this girl was like adopted and she doesn't really know where she came from kind of thing and meets someone who might know and it basically turns out that like she was born for like a cult purpose type situation. Sacrificial. Yeah, like it kind of had my interest in the beginning but at, towards the end it got a little repetitive and like and then they almost like over explained it like <laughs> you were like okay like. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and then the reckoning was actually by the the guy that brought us the descent so oh, i was okay. like stoked for that one kind of like i'm sick but i'm like oh i'll like just you know zone out and watch this movie apparently people hated it because mm. every review i'm finding of it people are like it's garbage well, what Ex was it exploitive um but i never felt like it was overly graphic it was called the reckoning and the it was like basically okay. like a winch witch hunter revenge flick um so it's like a period piece it's supposed to be like, in England, I guess, during the plague. And then people are accusing women of being witches. This girl gets accused after her uh, husband kills himself because he knows he contracted the plague. So, and they're like, why would a man kill himself and go to hell like that? You're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, people hated it. I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't, like, love it, love it. But it was, like, I've seen so much worse. Mm -hmm. And for people to be so, like, kind of like really hounding that it's sexist but the main actress also like helped write the script so i don't know if it's sexist necessarily it didn't feel like that to me just because uh as i said it didn't like overly gore it to stay on things and then that's what people were complaining about was that it wasn't gory enough like they mm -hmm. wanted it to be more grindhousey i guess but okay. um i took it as more of a period piece like i wouldn't even consider it horror to be honest like if i were to put it in a genre i mean maybe more historical thriller <laughs> like i don't I, I wouldn't consider it horror though just because it has like flashes of, of like a demon or like satan or something because they're like depriving you know doing the sleep deprivation and things like she that so she's like starting to imagine the things that they're telling her that 
are real. You know, oh, you're yeah. a witch. You're supposed to be sleeping with the devil every night. Or <laughs> so yeah, like it was like not the. It wasn't great, but it just it wasn't like one star. I don't think, and that's what people were like just hounding it for. I was like, eh, I don't think it was. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Like eh, I mean, it wasn't great. It was very just stereotypical to me. Is what it felt like. Yeah, it was fine. One time watch, and it was shot very beautifully in certain scenes. So. I'll give them that, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what we watched. Uh, but, like I said, what I watched just by myself. Um, and then we did watch a Dragon Ball Z movie um, last night. <laughs> that was what Andrew had picked out. Um, You're like, enough of the Dragon Ball! <laughs> no, it was fine. It was uh, fun. It was the Tree of Might one, I believe. Uh, so, it had, like, another Saiyan in it kind of situation of the race of people that they are from from their home planet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was fine. Uh, those are always shorter anyway because they're animated movies. So, right. oh, cute little fun watch. Then I've just been reading too. Killer Kung Pao, little murder mystery. And then I finally finished Chocolat that I started in January. Because nice. one, I want to tie up my loose ends. <laughs> and two, I forgot where I put the book for nice. like six months. Was it in the bathroom? Uh, no. <laughs> It was actually like stacked like under some other books that were in um, my bookshelf, and mm. I just never bothered to actually like. I didn't know there were books behind. You didn't the stack. actively search. Yeah, I didn't actively <laughs> search. I was just like, oh, I don't see that book I anywhere. Don't see it, so it's dead. <laughs> Again, out of sight, out of mind for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. So yeah, that's kind of what we've been up to. The huge. Yep. <laughs> Getting ready for fall again. Day. Looking forward to that. So if you celebrate the equinox, anything like that. Uh, seasons greetings. <laughs> yes. This is when I'm starting to like be like, oh, I can like emerge. Yeah, my seasonal <laughs> depression is it's starting lift. to lift. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So get ready, guys. <laughs> We're gonna be at a hundred percent soon, y'all. <laughs> In this episode, we watched 1992's Encino Man, the last in the series of the Frenaissance. <laughs> it was directed by Les Mayfield, written by George Zaloom and Sean Sheps. That's hard to say. Sean Sheps. Sean Sheps. Produced by George Zaloom, Hilton A. Green, and Michael Rotenberg. Starring Sean Astin, Brendan Fraser, Nice. Megan Ward, Marriott Hartley, Richard Massour, and Polly Shore. Cinematography was by Robert Brinkman. Edited by Michael Kelly and Eric A. Sears. Music by J. Peter Robinson. Um, the release date was May 22nd, 1992. So this was a uh, summer movie. I'd say this was like a, a get out of school, like going yeah. in the summer like type mm-hmm. of flick. Uh, what... What uh, what grade were you in in 1992? Um, in 1992, I was in second grade, so I was eight. Nice. So I doubt that I saw this at the movies, but I remember watching it a lot. Like, yeah. I have core memories of this movie. <laughs> nice. Implanted in my brain. <laughs> I was only uh, five, and because I'm a September uh, baby, I mm-hmm. actually didn't start kindergarten that year because of my birthday. Right. So I was... This was the year I was crushed because I didn't get to start kindergarten. <laughs> so, um, needless to say, I don't think I saw it either when and I it came out. Remember, because remember the Goofy movie? Yes. Had Polly Shore in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I used to watch a lot of that and Encino Man and... 
Yeah. Any Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser movie. <laughs> um, and this is right at that sweet spot of running time, 88 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not even 90, 88. Yep. <laughs> right on time. The budget was only $7 million. The box office was $40.7 million. Nice. So not bad. We're just going to jump into the facts. Why not? The film was released um, in the United Kingdom in September uh, of 1992. And it was titled, I just thought it was funny, California Man. California Man. <laughs> um, so Les Mayfield and George Zaloom were the masterminds behind Encino Man. Um, they had met in film school. And they also worked on, um, basically, if you've ever watched, I think, any of those little documentaries that came out around, uh, like, Steven Spielberg movies, they made them. Okay. Like, that's kind of what they did was a lot of behind-the-scenes directing of making of, like, films, which I thought was really cool because I used to watch all of those. Yeah. Um, I was really into them, especially if it was a Spielberg movie. Yeah, special features. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So... In one article I read, it was uh, during the filming of the Indiana Jones one, they found a guy, uh, a college professor who was out in Encino, and he was, like, doing a dig out there. And they were like, oh, let's make this documentary a little interesting. So it's, like, about making of Indiana Jones, but then they're really going and kind of interviewing people, you know, who are actually doing digs and stuff, you know. So I'm like, cool. And someone, he said, made a joke, but they're like, oh, what is he going to find in Encino, man? And I guess that's where... The, the first idea. little sparks. <laughs> the seed was planted. <laughs> and this was also during a time, uh, so Jeffrey Katzenberg is involved, and this is when he decided to buy the mit- the pitch in the meeting because it was going to have such a relatively low budget. Uh, and this was like, I guess during a time it was called the Katzenberg Memo. And it was, uh, we're going to make lower budget movies at our studio. And it was a business plan and a way to like shake things up a little bit, I guess, in the industry. Um, So this was one of those first, they call it a first memo movie. Um, And it was 7 million was the number. Like, we're going to make movies for this amount and kind of just like... I guess maybe see what sticks kind of thing. So Pauly Shore was picked uh, for his like popularity on MTV. So he was kind of like Sean Astin was known from his uh, previously being in the Goonies and everything, but he was you know still younger. This was kind of him, I think, coming into more of his uh, teenage and adult acting. Uh, we know he had some big, obviously, films to follow. Uh, but Pauly Shore actually won um, a Razzie Award for worst new star. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting to me because yeah. I thought everybody loved Polly Shore back then. Um, well, apparently not in this movie, I guess, hmm. which we'll get into that a little later after, uh, like, when we really start yeah. delving in. Because Brendan Fraser didn't even really want the role. Huh. Yeah, he was actually interested. Uh, he was trying to get into more serious roles even then. Um, and it was specifically school ties alongside Matt Damon. Um, which was, I think, booked around the same time. But I guess something didn't work out I guess, in that situation, and he did end up doing this film. Uh, someone was quoted saying, like, they felt like getting him to join was them... <laughs> it, um, they're like, oh, it's about family and the idea of creating family. And I'm like, 
what is it though? <laughs> what, like, the idea of the Encino movie. Encino Man. Yeah, they were like trying to. They were trying to make Encino Man deep, so he would get on board. Basically, oh, is what it sounds like. It's like. wholesome. <laughs> oh man, there also had been like um, a test screening movie or something. I can't remember what exactly it was called. What did they call it? I don't know. I guess it was just, uh, like I said, a, a screen test, basically. But it was much more done. It was almost like it was done with like an indie kind of five-minute movie thing for them to show studios and see if anyone would pick it up. And that was actually Ben Stiller was the caveman in that. <laughs> and you can find this on YouTube. Really? Like, yeah, Polly Shore actually released the video. Like, someone had mentioned it. And so Polly Shore was like, oh, yeah. And he unveiled the screen test for everyone to, to look at. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to look that up. And it did have different um, actors completely. It had... And when I watched it, I really liked him. It was Keith Coogan, who's the brother in Adventures in Babysitting. And he's always, like, the schemey kind of guy, you know? And uh, and, he, and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead. Okay, I I'm can't gonna, remember what he looks like now. Okay, I'm going to pull up the thing. Because once you see him, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that guy. I actually think he might have... He would have been better than Sean Astin, in my um, opinion. That guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so it was Keith Coogan, though, playing um, Sean Astin's character. And (laughs) it was another um, sidekick completely named, like, Harold. And it was played by um, a gentleman named Jeff Maynard. Uh, So, yeah, it's really fun to watch. I suggest you go and find it um, because it was funny. And Ben Stiller, I feel like he's almost like Zoolander (laughs) a little bit. Uh, It was dumb. It was, yeah, it was funny. Um... So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, So, to go into a little of how it was received, um, there is one from uh, Peter Rayner from the Los Angeles Times had wrote, There are a lot of funny ideas in Encino Man that don't come off because the director, Les Mayfield, and his screenwriter, Sean Sheps, don't seem to have made up their minds how smart they want to be. A scene like Link freaking out during a visit to the La Brea Tar Pits Museum should count for a lot more than it does here. Um, so basically, like, it is, it's like they couldn't make up their mind. There could have been wholesome or more serious things and, and themes to kind of hone in on, but it does kind of come across as good old Barry Worst (laughs) (laughs) wrote in his review, um, this is after the fact though. He did write, this was an issue, uh, from May 5th, 2023, Maui Times, Um, And he says, he ends it, which another scathing (laughs) remark from Barry. If there's a lesson here for up and coming film actors, it's that in order to work toward Oscar glory, sometimes you have to start at the bottom and make something like Encino Man. God damn. I will also, I will agree with both of the critics in this one. Because I do think it had those undertones that it could have made it a more family-friendly movie, to be quite honest. But instead, it really did hit rock bottom. (laughs) Um, Glacial. In some of, yeah, in some of the way it it was, how it ended up being. (laughs) Like I said, it doesn't matter how bad it is to me. It's always going to be there. Well, I know. So 
<laughs> so that was the fun facts and uh, how it was received a little bit by uh, others. Uh, as Jessica's already stated numerous times, she fucking loves this movie and yeah. it's near to dear to her. It's near, near to dear. dear. Near to dear to my near heart. Dear. <laughs> but with that, before we get fully into it, Jess is going to take it away with the Yegogold Samra. California teen Dave Morgan is digging a pit for a pool in his backyard when he happens upon a caveman frozen in a block of ice. Aided by his goofy friend Stoney, Dave transports their discovery to his garage, where the Neanderthal thaws and is revived. When Dave and Stoney find the living and thoroughly bewildered caveman, they attempt to pass him off as a foreign exchange student named Link, resulting in many misadventures. detail of why you love this movie so okay. much. <laughs> um, after watching it this time, I was like, God, I don't remember the last time I watched it now. I think it's been like over over a decade. Yeah. Maybe 10 to 15 years. Okay. I guess because I just didn't own this one on DVD. Mm. Didn't really stream that much. Like yeah. Biodome was always on or <laughs> Son-in-Law. Um, and I own Son-in-Law. But this one was always... Oh, which we need to point out that... Uh... Barry Worse also said is uh, Polly Shore Citizen Kane. Yes, his son-in-law. <laughs> and yes. we agree with that. And I <laughs> totally agree. It really was. It's the... Uh, <laughs> Out of the three movies. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Yeah, like I said, I have core memories of it. Because to me, Brendan Fraser was like the most beautiful man of all time. <laughs> So you were really digging Link. I was really digging Link, and I always loved Polly Shore. Like, I thought yeah. he was funny and kooky, liked his style. Yeah. And rewatching And it, you were, like, eight. I was, like, <laughs> like eight. But, I mean, I really started watching it probably when I was, like, ten and up. Mm-hmm. So from, like, that all through middle school, especially. Definitely. Like, oh, Link. So this definitely, and I mean, and let's be honest, this film was made for teenagers and like, especially during that era. It's very 90s. It's very 90s. So it makes sense. Checks out. Still enjoyed watching it again. Like I still got butterflies (laughs) when he comes out with his new haircut. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I still feel the same way. I cannot say the same. And I was like, oh my god, he's got an undercut. (laughs) That might be more... If I watch George of the Jungle, Mm. I feel like that's probably... I don't know. I watched The Mummy. That's... I mean, to be honest, that's my Brendan Fraser movie. Mm -hmm. It's definitely The Mummy. I mean, come on. But this one, I remember watching at your house. Like, Encino Man (laughs) is the movie I watched when I went to your house. And I watched Bio... Like, I always remember Biodome more. Mm -hmm. Um, That wasn't one I watched a whole lot of. And I always, when I was younger, I would get the two mixed up sometimes. And then I'm like, oh no, one has a bald one. 
I thought you said bald one. No, a no, bald, bald win. A bald win. Is it Steven or Billy? I believe it's Steven. Okay, I can't remember now. Um, it's been a long time. I watched the preview of it last night. I got a little sidetracked after I yeah. watched this one. And his little dreadlocks, <laughs> they're like an inch long. So funny. So yeah, this this movie essentially was mainly watched at your house. So that's kind of the recollections I had. I completely forgot Sean Astin was even in this. Yeah, I like, think I did too. I nope, like that was a blip on the radar for me. Well, because I never really cared about whoever that character was anyway, because he wasn't the two that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I I really only remembered Polly Shore for the longest time, and I had even forgot it was Vernon Fraser until mm-hmm. like oh yeah yeah. Da da da. Yeah, da, so, da da da. And uh, which yeah. is funny because I love Sean Astin now. Like, Sam oh, Lewis, definitely. Samwise But I'm gonna go ahead and say it straight away because yeah, I will say I hadn't watched this movie since I probably was a kid at your house. So probably two decades for me. Yeah. it's been that long. Um, this is probably Sean Astin's worst movie. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. The he is, worst. He's character not even ever. good in it though. Like yeah, even his character is not good. But even <laughs> acting wise, I'm sorry. Like because I love him now, and we know he's he's capable of being a great actor. Yeah. So I just feel like I'm like I think this was just like a paycheck for. <laughs> kind of felt like that, didn't it? Yeah, because. Um, I mean, there was nothing redeeming about his character. But there was some really silly, I mean, when he was, when they were in the pool and he was like this close to his face and like talking seductively to him, like that, oh my God, I was dying. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is he trying to seduce him right now? (laughs) Yeah, his character though was just terrible and awkward as fuck. And it wasn't in an endearing way either. Like, that's, I think, the worst thing about... And creepy as fuck. Like, yeah, he was, he was super as fuck. fucking creepy. But yeah, to totally just jump in, I did write the intro feels more of The Thing than a Polly Shore movie. Because <laughs> they were going more for the, you know, you get the caveman yeah. glimpses. What and then them? you're introduced to um, John Astin's character, who will uh, now... I, who will now be known as Samwise, because yeah. that is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> oh, Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, so Samwise, uh, he's entering his senior crisis. And in the, in the very beginning, I almost feel for him. But he talks about how he's like, oh, I don't want to like end my high school years as a loser. And like, you know, oh, we didn't really do anything. And Polly Shore's character right away, I mean, very, I mean, goofy movie vibes already. Yeah, like right. he, he is that character in this. Stoney is that same character, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, just Polly Shore. Too. I just think it's funny <laughs> that his name was Stoney, but I mean, he never, never showed him smoking weed. Well, no, because it's a Disney freaking teenage movie. <laughs> is it Disney? Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. Apparently. Well, I had to rent it. It wasn't on Disney Plus. Oh, well, just because, I mean, it won't necessarily be. They have a lot of stuff they've done that they were involved in that they don't put on Disney+. Hmm. Plus. Um, also, Pauly Shore, okay, so everyone wants to talk shit, and he got the fucking Razzie for Worst New Actor, which I'm like, that should have went to Sean Astin in this movie, first of all. <laughs> and then, second of all, Stoney's character, Pauly Shore's character, is the only redeeming character, in my opinion, of this film. He is the only one with heart. And any sense. And any sense. And, yeah, he might, even to this day, 
I don't understand some of the things he's saying. Like, <laughs> probably shorts are mouth and. <laughs> so it's, I mean, Polly Shore speak is a language in and of itself, yes. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, but his character had heart. And um, Sean Astin's character immediately like just treats uh, Link as like an object. Like a puppy. When yeah. When he's like abandoning him on the side of the road. Yes. Okay. And he's only doing it because His- Link, Link was... Like more interesting to the girl he liked, mm-hmm. and oh now now he wants to give him away. Like yeah, yeah Sean Aston's character. Ugh. Yeah. What was his name in this? I I didn't like say I just wrote Samwise. <laughs> I don't even remember his character because he was a dick. He was a dick. In the beginning too, they're in school, and it also shows the teacher is giving them. The little 411 on, uh, what is it? The Cro-Magnum Man. Yeah, the Cro-Magnum Man. But basically, they just shove this in the beginning so as to be like, hey, this is kind of plausible, yeah. right? Glacials underneath will stay so cold. I know. Very nonchalantly. They're like, oh, and a chunk of ice might have, you know, be found every now and then. That's not weird. Right. I mean, it was giving me very, like, Geordie vibes, you know, from First Contact. Oh, it's getting warm in here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gotta make sure everybody knows what's coming up. And then the teacher, like, gets up. Okay, and then we get a a very young Robin Tunney. This is, Mm. uh, what, four years before she does the craft. Yeah. Um... And that teacher gets, like, all up in her face when he's like, oh, and he would take their women. I'm like, excuse me, sir. She has a minor, and you are a little too uncomfortable. I know. I thought that was weird too. This movie like, had such ugh. yeah, like ooh, just there was a lot of like creeper and, yeah, and kind of sexist say? vibes for sure. I don't even remember what she said, but she's like, "I'm always down for it," and she's oh, like, "That's her back." back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I wrote when when they were coming to school, and he was on the back of his Vespa, and then he was. <laughs> looking over he's like there's robin yeah and she looked over and he was like he's like making eyes at her all over Polly shore's back <laughs> <laughs> so funny so awkward i know okay and then let's get into robin for a second too um awful character as well like i did not there was nothing about her that was likable mm-hmm. i mean what she's just a pretty face she's a babe she's a total babe she didn't hit um babe status yet is why he didn't ask her out before duh <laughs> he had to wait for her to get her boobies before he wanted to ask her out <laughs> it was just uh yeah they were two of the cringiest characters actually in mm-hmm. this entire film uh, just so, like, one-dimensional. All he wants is to basically be popular. He's like, oh, I just want to be popular. Oh, they're not popular. You know, and they, like, they bring it home so much of, like, this is supposed to be his motivations to where it just kind of makes him, though, the... He's the asshole of the whole movie. He's the antagonist. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Like, basically. Because well, then he's, like, getting in the way. Like, she has a boyfriend, dude. Yeah. Like, no wonder Matt's pissed because you keep... Basically, sexually um, harassing her. A little bit. And we like, used to be naked together. Here's a picture of us as oh kids. Oh, my God. When he brings <laughs> a picture of them from childhood, and they're, like, yeah, naked in a tub together, I'm like, dude, you deserve to get your ass fucking kicked. Right. Like, that scene where they kick his ass, I'm like, I don't even feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. 
Kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> like I a hundred percent was like rooting for the bullies almost in this movie. And like then, and Matt. Okay, so Matt's character. I was like, at first I was like, is that Matt Dillon? And I was like, no, it's not Matt Dillon. It's like who the fuck? It's a guy who looks it? like Matt Dillon. And then I looked it up. Hold on, I wrote it down. Oh, his name is Michael DeLuise. He's Dom DeLuise's son. No way. Yes, Dom DeLuise has like, I think there's three of them all together. Oh, wow. And they're all people that you have seen in stuff before. And you're like, oh my God, that's who that is? Crazy. Yeah, but he is. And I was like, oh my God. He is, he plays TJ on Gilmore Girls. Luke's sister's husband. Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, that's what what a small world. That is crazy. Yeah, and I was like, it's funny that he's the heartthrob in this, and like he's such like a, I don't know, like a schmoozy guy in that. And yeah, (laughs) that's so funny. Um, Yeah, and he was really well in his part. Um, I mean, you know, he was just supposed to play like a jock bully guy and i mean he pulled through i do like when they first okay so when they first find the encino man like in the ice and they're like oh my god there's like someone actually in there and they go to tell his mom and this was the most 90s mom thing i feel like <laughs> that it was so accurate yeah you could be screaming bloody murder for her to be like, mom, I need and then she just like closes the blinds like, i'm working <laughs> <laughs> so that i was like accurate that was that was nineties parenting. Are you right bleeding? There. Nope. Nope. Oh, and then also, so in the beginning, uh, before he busts out the naked childhood photos and uh, does yeah. that kind of creeper work, um, instead he's like, "Oh, I, I dug up a caveman in my backyard." Yeah. Like, how would he ever think that was like Gonna something that her. would impress any girl in the nineties or be believable? And at least she was as nice as she was. Yeah. To you. Because you're probably like, get the fuck out of here. I'd be like, that's a setup. Why are you trying to get me to come to your house, you fucking weirdo? Yeah. Ugh. Like, he comes across as just so awful mm-hmm. in this movie. I like predatory it. vibes. Very much so. Um, so, eventually, they do um, thaw out. And then when Polly Shore is licking the ice. Did you see that part? He's, like, going down, like, eh. I was like, oh! Just get out of the dirt! <laughs> No, <laughs> he's like there's his skull licking the ice. Ew, he licked a lot of things. I feel like in this, <laughs> he looks like he would. I will say his outfits though were on point. I and I was like, how is he a loser at school? There's no way he's oh, a loser. Oh no, no. Nowadays, yeah, he would still be like super. Like his, like I said, just his outfits alone. Exactly, were, and his confidence. Yeah, were great. And the way he walked, like he just got off a horse. And he was, like I said, like a very nice character overall. Right. Like he was like, I'm happy with myself. I like being I know. Like, I was like, he is like the MVP of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, we can already say that. And we're not even like what over like one third of the way into talking about this. But Polly Shore is 100% the MVP of this yep. movie. Um when we get Brendan Fraser's though introduction, finally he has thought out. They were at school the whole time. He conveniently, well, they do show him kind of checking around the neighborhood first, 
But he somehow goes back to the place where he was thawed and goes into the house because right. that makes sense of what he <laughs> of would course. do in this situation. Of course, he goes back to their house. And then it conveniently goes right up to Sean Astin's room after mm-hmm. he trashes the place. Yep. Um, and and make nobody says anything really about the house being trashed. Like, no consequences, no. Nothing, really. Oh, and again, in typical, I feel like, 90s fashion is the son is not held to accountability because they do the family dinner scene after that fact because now he's already gaslit them all because they've made the big scene where, oh, they somehow were able to tame the caveman enough in like an hour, basically, uh, to be able to uh, do the makeover scene. Which was my favorite back then. (laughs) Okay, I have a note. And it basically says, uh, yeah, makeover montage. Probably why Jess loves this movie. <laughs> it is. Yep. Um, he also decides to, like, watch TV and dance. Like, he figures out the TV or something. Mm-hmm. Like, when it shows him messing with the technology before Sean Aston and them tame him or whatever. One, it looks like his hair is made of Play-Doh. And yeah. then, <laughs> two, he's, like, so, like, go with the flow. And I just, I feel like... Like they said, they have the scene in the La Brea Tar Pits where maybe the reality of what is going on is supposed to have hit him. But I feel like that should have been also something like that should have been more included in the beginning. Right. Like he was like, oh, everything I love is gone. Because they make it so goofy. Right. And and I get it. Like this movie is goofy, but it's just. I still giggled. (laughs) Yeah. It's still so he's like, oh, I'm just going to dance and blah, blah, blah. And I just. Well, and what I really enjoyed was when he ran out to the street and it was a tractor and it sounded like an elephant. I thought that was funny. Yeah. (laughs) What I really thought was funny is that when they came back to the garage and they're like, he melted. You thought he melted? You thought he just melted into a pile of goo? Yeah. Like, apparently. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was dying over that. I know. So, yeah, but that's when we do get, like, so he gaslights his parents and says, no, it's the exchange student we told you about. Because when he comes out from his makeover. Mm -hmm. Which they were putting, like, actual cleaner in. Oh, and then also that, um, you know, his teeth were just perfect. Right. They just needed to be With one brush. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, essentially, yeah, successfully gaslight their family that, oh, that was the exchange student. And he, he told them about it. Gosh, don't they remember? And then the mom starts second guessing herself. And the dad's like, oh, no, I, I think I did remember. And then he just gets away. And the sister literally calls him out on his bullshit. Right. They do not believe the sister. And one of my other favorite scenes is when he was, like, trying to get him to follow him. And he said, Lee, no, 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 no. And he was, like, with his little finger. finger. He does a lot of finger acting. (laughs) He does. It was so funny. Why is he always using his finger for things? He's going to, like, rub it on his face. (laughs) And he's going to use it as a little bait thing for The carrot, if you will. Oh, my God. Dangle in front of him. And then I was like, Rose McGowan, once again. Yeah. I know. I I saw her, too, because that's uh, the big intro when Link is now The coolest person in school. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, he's so tall. So everyone's immediately kind of enamored with him. But he doesn't really talk. Mm -hmm. He just Um, grunts a lot. Yeah, just grunts a lot. Everyone's like, oh, he doesn't speak very much English. But somehow he can be in all of our English-speaking classes. And what I thought was funny is that he followed them to all of... He was in all the same classes with them in the beginning. And then later on, he was in, like, driver's ed. And I was like, so how did he get his classes changed? 
Why would he be in different classes than them halfway through? <laughs> There's no logistics in this movie. <laughs> there really isn't. Jessica. <laughs> there isn't. It's just supposed to be very stereotypical. And I love that it's also very 90s feeling because I feel like that was a time when schools... Like, because later they show, like, the the actual... The guy who's supposed to be the antagonist, Dom DeLuise's son. Yeah. <laughs> um... Although it doesn't really feel like one to me, like, in this movie that much. Uh, he's like, I'm going to find out who he really is. And then he looks in school records and he's like, oh, he's not really an exchange student. Because they find the dog vaccination and records. They, and he said, oh, this is a dog license. And I was like, is there a person license? <laughs> what were they looking for? And nobody noticed that he had a rabies vaccine? Like, People don't just get a rabies vaccine, do you? No. That's what I thought. So why would they? Because it was supposed to be his proof of vaccinations. And the school was like, yeah, that looks right. Exactly, yeah. And (laughs) and obviously they just were like, oh, we'll just put this in the file. We're not going to even look at it. But I was like, a license? You have a person license? Yeah, so that's supposed to be the whole underlying plot of this movie. But really, it doesn't do anything with it because they're just going to go do what they want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, the quote-unquote villain of this movie isn't really the villain. It's more of Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. <laughs> Rudy. Um, more, yeah, more so than that because basically he's just trying to be popular and skim on the coattails. Exactly. Of Link. Um, Stoney is just trying to... Be his friend and show him his new world. Exactly. Because he knows it's going to be like a Scary. big thing for him to take yeah. in. And Sean Aston's just using him the entire time. Uh, it very much goes through another montage. You get a wooly bully one um, <laughs> with him adjusting to school life. And then more and more we realize that Sean Aston's character is very much, uh, I did the quote, but I'm a nice guy. You know, trademark. Mm-hmm. Trademark. <laughs> his character... Um, Reveals himself to, to very much be that archetype, if you if you will, or trope. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then they end up with, like you said, the driver's ed. And then, again, like another kind of montage it goes into of he has been playing a video game the whole time. Yes. And so when he's in driver's ed, and then that's, that's when... That's how he knows how to try. Yeah, yeah. Stoney and Samwise are like, oh my God, no. Like, he's going to go try to recreate the video game. Like, so they go run and they get in the car with him. And then he just <laughs> no, they try off. to. They try to. Which, by the way, I'm going to share this on the Instagram and in the Discord. I took a picture of it. Yeah. There is a scene. We did too. Did you? And it's just the like heavier sun driving. It's like a big old guy sun driving yeah. and those legs sticking out of that car. There is no way that those are Sean Aston's <laughs> legs. Paused it and took a picture. Of the Barely same thing. poorly done because, and they even like hold the shot long enough to where you're just like, oh my god, there is no like quick flash. Exactly. And like, and oh, I was like, and I was like, oh, it's still going. It's okay. still going, and you can 100 <laughs> see that that's none of them in that vehicle. That was so funny because the other person when we paused it, they were like this <laughs> in the passenger seat. <laughs> it was hilarious. So yeah, you have that uh, where they end up. At El Crib. <laughs> that was the name of the... Oh, what? And is that a bar in the middle of the day, mind you? This is a bar that has happened. It's like a dance yeah. club in there. Middle of the day, people are just fucking partying like wild. Taking 
tequila shots. And, and that the high school kids could just go in there. And just drink. And no just problem. drink. And there was no yeah. issue with that. That was very weird. Well, that's how it was in the 90s. Remember the hot chick? Yeah. And I feel like that was very much a part of everything of... Uh, kind of like a lot of the 90s, like teen movies were so heavily focused on drinking, you know, like, yeah. And just even more so, like, I get like having fun, but I don't know. I feel like modern teenage movies are a little better in that respect. Like they have it. I mean, have you seen Euphoria? Oh no, I haven't seen that (laughs) one. But I feel like that was supposed to be more of a mature show, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying it's got supposed to be teens. No, I'm talking about, like, the teen movies on Netflix. Okay. Like, you know, that are actually for teenagers. Yeah. Um, Because this movie was supposed to be for teenagers, you know? Like, this was actually meant for, like, a younger audience, I believe. Um, So, still, yeah, that was kind of, again, like, oddly placed. Uh, Little rock and roll high school vibes, for sure, even in this one. What was funny, too, is that (laughs) Matt, he (laughs) had, like, the weirdest, like, one-liners when he was talking to him. I wrote down one. I don't know you. I don't like you. I'm all over you. Yes. I was like, oh. <laughs> vaguely He's sexual. Like, I am all over I you. know. I was like, how are you? Ew, <laughs> um, I watched that. Yeah, and they've had him kind of like, again... He's supposed to be, like, in the background almost, like, doing things to, to thwart them or, or find out who he is. And mm, He's a man and obsessed he had, like, even flat top. digs around later at their house. Yeah, um, breaking and entering. Yeah, breaking point. and entering, basically, and finds the pictures. They, oh, he was a caveman, and he's going to tell everybody. Because, basically, they get caught at the bar. The police do catch up with them. But what's funny is... Sean Astin and Polly Shore just jumped in the driver's ed car, like, in the back seat. And it was Link that was driving and actually, like, stole the car, basically, and then rode on two wheels, causing, like, traffic accidents mm-hmm. throughout the fucking city. Right. Um, but when they get caught, well, I guess Sean Austin makes all of them run ahead, though, and just he gets caught. But they knew who did it. So, I'm like, either way, the cops would be like, I know it was that fucking I don't even think that's why it. they were... I thought that's... They were just arresting them for being underage in a bar. Yeah, but they were. Those were the people chasing them because, oh, okay. that, and that's what I'm saying. So it makes no fucking sense whatsoever <laughs> that Sean Aston's character is the only one that gets like the probation. Because that's the whole thing where he's like, "Oh well, I can't go to prom because I'm on probation now, and well, you can go with that. Link." I don't know. It still was all weird. Like it seemed like he was the only one that got in trouble for it. And then... Oh, maybe because well, he didn't rat anybody out. Maybe. Okay, that would make more sense. They just don't really, like, say that very well. And I'm like, why would... I'm like, Link's the one who stole the car. I'm so confused. But Link was there, too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, but you're just saying he could but like, prom, Yeah, I think yeah. it was also just because, yeah, like you said, maybe it was just he got caught in the bar. So yeah. he, yeah, took the blame for everyone. That, okay, that makes way more sense. When I was like, what the fuck is this movie talking about? <laughs> and I like, too, how when they went into the bar, she was like cool with um samwise and then as they were progressing in the bar she's like hanging out with link more and more Mm -hmm. and then that's where he's getting jealous and then he asked her to prom and she says she wants to go with link and again i'm like why does anyone like this girl she's so like one-dimensional that and i'm like that's kind of a bitch thing to do because you know your friend likes link yeah, that too. I'm like, you know Robin Tunney's into him more. Mm-hmm. And then also, 
Yeah, she came in, like, holding hands with him in the bar. Yeah. Like, they were, like, an item or something. Right. But then she's like, no, I changed my mind. I don't know. She was just, yeah, like, such a... She literally was, like, just supposed to be the trophy. Yeah, Yeah, it was, like, really, like, ugh, just kind of, like, upsetting a little bit. You're like, really? This is it? Okay. And and you know in real life, if he was a real caveman, he would not be able to keep his dick in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) They would have to monitor him 24-7. Or, like, I mean, he would be probably, yeah, like, incredibly violent, maybe. Like, (laughs) I would imagine. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, they really... not be a nice guy. They really are romanticizing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) And I am here for it. (laughs) Believe me, I romanticized it. Oh, Lord. And so basically... So then the big climax of this movie really is the bully guy going to the prom and then Sean Astin ends up chasing him because he, was, he wasn't at the prom and he's like, what the fuck, dude? And chases him there. Um, and then somehow she's going to go back with Sean Astin's character. Like, then she's interested. All of a sudden. All of a sudden again. Yeah. When Link, like, basically wins. He's winning the uh, prom king, essentially. And the other guy shows up because he's going to, ooh, reveal it. Why is anyone going to fucking care? Like, why would anyone care or or be, like, weirded out by that considering he's, like, behaved around them, like, like not a, badly. Right, yeah, exactly. like like he's not anything to fear or anything like that. Therefore, why are they going to fucking care? Like Exactly. And then that of course, it. as the movie shows, no one fucking cares. So it almost like there was all this build up to something for literally nothing. Like this movie really wasn't any that and then it just ends like that, like, oh, found my girlfriend. Yeah, she's like, oh, thought out. Oh, the same situation of like how they found Link is her and then they know, oh my god, someone's upstairs, there's another one. Yeah. Because it's the same handprints. Yeah. But I did notice this time watching it, all of his drawings, I was like, oh, he's drawing his girlfriend. He keeps drawing, like, boobs and stuff. Yeah, I did have that written down, too, because I was like, they do show throughout the entire movie he's always drawing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm like, does it ever tell you? But, see, they never even go into it, though. Yeah. And then, like you said, oh, she just conveniently thought out. And knew how to take a bubble bath. Yeah. Shoosh. Oh, and then we did skip over the scene of, uh, yeah, when he was going to get rid of him. Because that was after, that was mm-hmm. when the, yeah, the, he was like, oh, the girl wants to be, like, with Link. Now I'm going to let him go. And right. now I'm going to act like he, he can have personhood, essentially. Yeah. When before, he was literally saying, he's ours. We can do what we want with him. He literally says that in a line. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fucking villain line. <laughs> exactly. Like You're treating him like he's not even a fucking person. Yeah. And then, because they even later at the La Brea Tar Pits, when, like, the weight of what is happening is getting to him, which they fucking, like, they show an iota of, and that was supposed to be, like, the heartwarming, I feel like, scene a little mm-hmm. bit. That, and then the one where he's going to let him go, and then he's like, oh, no, but we're family. But, again, that's Stoney's character really pushing that. Right. Sean Aston was going to let him go regardless, unless Stoney had showed up. It mm-hmm. still would have been that way. So, like, like I said, in the Librea Tarpets, so the teacher does say at one point, like, oh, you wouldn't be able to distinguish him from a man nowadays. Implying that that's how, like... He is, like, a normal human, you know, whatever. Right, human. exactly. So, again, like, so that makes what Sean Aston's doing. Like, literally the people are teaching you this in school, and you're just like, 
he's mine. Well, and then just like Polly Shore would say, he's like, well, he needs to like stand up for me and like, you know, for me and whatever. And he's like, for what reason though? Like it's, he fought to like, you know, hunt and. Yeah. For survival. For sustenance yeah. or whatever. And he's like, well, to be cool. And he's like, he don't know what cool is. I'm like, Stoney is the only one that has any sense in his goddamn head. <laughs> he really is. Like, you're asking him like a child. Uh-huh. It was, yeah. So, this rewatch for me, again, though, I was, have been so long since I'd seen it. I'd say this is almost like watching it for the first time for me. Um, oh, it was just, he was so insufferable. Yeah, he was His character was so insufferable that it, it, like, kind of made me not enjoy this movie as much as I should have been for it to be like, oh, a goofy caveman. Brian Frazier. Yeah, thank me. <laughs> yeah, no. And said it was just like an insufferable, ugh, insufferable character who was the villain. And he's supposed to be, again, yeah, like one of the main characters mm-hmm. that you're supposed to, I feel like, be rooting for, but you do not at all. No, and then when they kiss at the end, when, ew, when he's like, got something pretty cool to show you. And she's like, what's that? This. And they, bleh. yeah. I'm like, ew. And then why? Like, where did that come from? That came out of nowhere. Like, when all of a sudden was she into him? I know. It it was so, like... like... Why do you get the girl now? Because Link's got his girlfriend thought out? Yeah. So I guess she's like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll be with you. <laughs> Polly Shore fucking character was the only... The one thing that I thought wasn't going to hold up, held up. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, in some of his stuff, like, he hadn't perfected it yet, I felt like. Like, he did by son-in-law, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, his mannerisms and stuff, but I... Delivery of his vernacular. Of the weasel. The weasel sounds. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. And that they did it every time. Yeah. Ugh, no, don't do it. I hate it. I hate it so much. And why are you so good at doing it? I don't know. I didn't know I was, actually. <laughs> I, have a, I have a new talent. You're like, new skill set. New discovered. skill set. Discovered how to do the weasel. Ew. <laughs> you gotta do that really close to the mic. I'll do the hand with it. <laughs> Ew, see, that's it. That's it right there. That's the weasel. Oh, so funny. The weasel. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, and did you notice, though, that they also... Okay, well, they end it with the end, buddy. But then also, Stoney has an I'll be back scene. And I was mm-hmm. like, was there going to be a sequel? I wonder hmm. where it was going to be like maybe the Encino man and this Encino lady. Yeah, the misadventures. <laughs> we'll never know. The Encino couple and they have an Encino baby <laughs> that they thought out also. <laughs> that was Encino man. Mm-hmm. And then they end it with a Vince Neil song of all things. Yeah. You invited, but your friend can't come. I listened to it, like, as the credits were playing. I was like, this is awful. No, thank you. I turned that shit off as soon as it was over. I was like, oh, Vince Neil. So, uh, yeah, how'd it hold up for you? I mean, obviously, there was some... It was super cheesy. You have the nostalgia factor, though. so it'll always be... Yeah. So It'll always be A-OK in my book. Still (laughs) A-OK. Uh, for me, I probably... It still gave me fucking butterflies. No, that's hilarious. That's a reveal scene. Because I probably will never watch this movie again. Oh, yeah. I'll watch it again for sure. No, I will not. I'm good. That was <laughs> that was enough for me. Yeah. 
Uh, again, like I said, I think I'd rather watch, like, Doors of the Jungle. Like, mm-hmm. if it's going to be that kind of character for Brendan Fraser, that I'd be fine with. I'll and for Polly Shore, I'll watch Son-in-Law. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and remember, uh, next month we start spooky season. We're full on doing 80s-style creature features. Creature we're going to start with Pumpkinhead, mm-hmm. and then we're going to end with the Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. Yeah. You I'm excited. You make everything. <laughs> Swampy. <laughs> <laughs> In all the right places. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> I never heard Swampy described in a sexy way before. Well, now you have. <laughs> So that is where uh, next month will take us. Um, a lot of the fun facts have come from The True Origin of Brennan Fraser's Cult Classic Encino Man by Dylan Parker um, from thethings.com. Uh, and remember, as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. On Twitter is where you're going to find the link to get the, the Discord. The, the, get the, the Discord. Discord. And also, uh, just to let the Discord members know that I did actually make the design um, for uh, some VHS magnets that I thought might be kind of fun, um, as well as a uh, Time to Hit the Dusty Trail keychain. And it looks real good. Yeah, good. So yeah, she saw the the digital like draft of it. Yes. so now um, I will just have to start uh, doing the cutting and everything. And then, uh, yeah. So, I actually did something that I said I was going to do. Nice. Nice. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. And uh, Jess has also been working on more audiograms. We're trying to be more active again in mm. our social media. Um, we have got a few new followers on Instagram and everything. So, shout out. Uh, mostly, I have noticed we're getting like other podcasts that follow us, which I, to me is very cool. So, oh, yeah. if you are a listener or you're a follower, uh, again, just thank you so much. Um, it's been really fun, uh, kind of having more people reach out to us, you know, and we're having like more interactions. It doesn't feel like we're just talking to dead end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're not like just screaming into the void about movies. <laughs> Which is fine also. Yeah. Uh, but it's been fun hearing from mm-hmm. people. Uh, so yeah, thanks again. Really appreciate it. So time to hit the dusted trail. Until next time. Later, Taters.